Welcome to the Drama Free Podcast. Save the drama for your mama. Good evening, Drama Free Beer listeners. Welcome back to yet another episode. Can you guys believe it? It's been 20 episodes. What have we done with ourselves here, Joey and Chris? Um, right now, we're Steve is going to join us later. It's the usual uh, usual team here tonight. Uh, Steve is on the train, so if you're listening to us, uh, Steve, don't get mugged and uh, get home <laughs> to us soon. Um, Chris, I'm going to let you take this from here. Just straight away, huh? All right. Um, all right, so... Uh... Joey, uh, let's start off with this. What are we drinking tonight, man? Um, water for me. I am uh, still working, so uh, hopefully uh, I'll be able to find something late later tonight. But we've got uh, weight loss challenge weigh-ins tomorrow morning, so we're in our, entering our last two weeks. Nice. I don't uh, want look forward to the update on that in just a little bit, I'm sure. Yeah. Be good to hear how the progress is going for everybody. Um, I am drinking Ozark Brewing Company's or Ozark Beer Company's um, <clears throat> new Zwickle they just put out. Well, actually, they haven't put it out yet. Um, but I had a meeting with the, them today regarding a tap takeover. I'm trying to get scheduled at Big Orange. And they sent me home with a growler. And it is delicious. Um, it's crushable. It is everything you want in a... Uh, light lager, but with a little bit of body, so I'm digging it. Uh, Chad, are you having anything to drink, or are you also taking a night off? I'm taking a night off. I uh, bef- just before you joined, right pre-show, I uh, I worked about four in the morning last or yesterday, and still kind of you know getting my bearings about me. Um, just exhausted, saving myself for the weekend, and uh, but. I don't have a good excuse. I don't have the WLC or currently working right now or so. Um, but no, I, you know, I thought about it, you know, it is a beer podcast, but you know, I, nothing sounds good. I have a lot of beer and that's a shame, but I know the beer is good, but nothing sounds good. As a matter of fact, I think that's, uh, one of our topics now we can just go through there. Um, what is it? Uh, Uh, I post, yeah, I posed the question earlier in the week when you uh, brought, you know, our, our typical Monday call for content. And uh, the past couple of weeks, I really just haven't been drinking a whole lot. Um, I walk into my beer room, I look at the beer shelves, I go through the boxes, I pick up beer, I put it back down, and I walk away. Um, it's just, I know it's all good beer. I mean, I bought it or traded for it or someone gifted it to me, but it just doesn't sound good or it sounds good but it's too big of a bottle or it's too late to start drinking or whatever so um you so you're kind of in one of those phases right now too yeah you know i i i don't think that i can't really say i think monday i had a monday or tuesday i had a friend over and we drank and watching the basketball game but beer just hasn't really uh sounded too good for me right now you know it it it's it, it's probably my body telling me I need to slow down and, you know, take it easy a little bit. So, you know, just, just one of those things, just a little phase. It probably won't last long. I can't afford it to. (laughs) 
<laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I could afford it to. I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at the glass. I can either I could really afford it to to be a, a big face where I don't spend a lot of money, or I can't afford to because I have a lot of hops that I need to get rid of. So either way, I think Drama Free is going to either get some chug videos out of me, or they're going to get free beer. So you know, win win. Win win for everybody. Joey, uh, do you ever have those those times where you just don't feel like having beer, or you know? Switch to wine, or switch to whiskey, or just switch to nothing. No, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever had that. I don't. I mean, I, I can't. No, I've never had. I'm pretty sure if my body was for some reason telling me that it was not interested in beer or no beer sounded good or looked good, I'd probably tell my body to shut the hell up. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I've never, I've never had that issue, and I can, I can only tell you that you know, not going through that phase has only been exacerbated by, by going through this weight loss challenge and trying not to drink beer except for on Fridays or, or on the, you know, the off occasion, like our, our monthly bottle shares on like we just saw this last Monday night. So. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've not had a whole lot of these phases. Uh, Chad sort of alluded to his body telling him to, to shut it down. And I, you know, there's been a night or two like that from time to time, but never uh, extended periods of time. And it's just kind of been in a little like, Eh, what? No, you know, sort of. And by the time I make a decision, it's you know nine thirty, and it's too late to crack at seven fifty when I have to be up at five thirty. So, yeah, uh, all right. So we kind of a uh, two thirds of us have that feeling. Joey is just a machine. Got it. <laughs> you know, but I I will say that I mean I, I never had the phase where I didn't want beer, but I've had that that situation where I was. And I think it's probably similar to like, you know, like a food situation. Like there was something specific that I wanted and I didn't have it. And I had to essentially, you know, find something that was close enough, whether it be, you know, a a maple stout or whether it be, you know, a a specific Lambic or or a specific kind of a specific IPA that had an IPA that had a specific hot bill. You know, I, I've I've had those phases where I was like, oh, I guess let's find something that's close enough. Okay, so you you've settled at times. Life's what life's all about. <laughs> wow, badly, wow, bad, badly yes. Now I'm now I need a beer because I'm gonna I'm gonna cry because you just hit two. <laughs> you're kind of making me want to drink a beer, Joey. I mean, like you're making <laughs> you got, me want to go and grab a beer now. You're welcome. Oh. Oh, so I do. Nice. I invite people to drink. <laughs> uh, we're not bringing up your uh, any other stuff that we need to talk about. It's, 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 it's always, it's yeah. <laughs> so we'll just jump to the next topic then. Um, there's a story out this week with Highland um, out of Asheville, uh, one of the old guard out of Asheville, um, totally rebranding, uh, getting away from their. Um, I don't know, Microsoft Paint logo that they had uh, for, year, for years and years and years with a little bit of uh, Scotsman clip art on it and uh, going to a very generic new style um, new style branding. And um, so number one, I want to ask um, just initial thoughts on, on the branding, uh, on the rebranding itself and on what the brand looks like. Uh, Chad, start with you, man. Yeah, so... 
I, I wasn't too familiar with them until the story came up. You know, I, I looked at their old logo. People were posting it, and then the new logo. And I got to, you know, I sat there thinking, what were they thinking? I can understand a rebrand. You know, sometimes you you, you got to kind of start fresh or fr- liven it up and freshen it up a little bit. Maybe, you know, a logo rebrand will do that for you. But, I mean, you guys need to search this logo. I know you guys have, but you know anybody listening, search this logo because it it was it was ten steps backwards from a logo perspective. I don't I don't truly know what they were doing. Kind of like the the our group logo, our page logo that went uh, backwards. And um, you know I, I don't know. You know I, I do understand the need to rebrand and maybe uh, reinvent yourselves a little bit, but. You, as you mentioned, Chris, they, you're, they're old guards, so they're well-known, right? I mean, I assume so, you know, especially mm-hmm. from the freakout that ensued on their Facebook page, that they're they're well-known. So I guess there's probably more to the story and why they wanted to rebrand. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they've been around for a long time. They make several really killer beers. Um, I haven't been out there in a couple of years, but... Uh, supposedly they've kind of switched their brewing tactics to a little bit, according to what I was reading on the Facebook thing. And they're making a lot of like one-off IPAs now as the trend dictates. But uh, Joey, what do you, uh, what do you think about just the initial, like, you know, first reaction? I mean, I I honestly, I I didn't catch the story. Um, Well, at least I didn't read anything about it. I've heard bits and pieces. Um, you know, rebranding in general is a fantastic thing for a business. Um, sometimes it's out of necessity because of, you know, let's say something like the, you know, the stone versus keystone thing. Um, sometimes it's a necessity. Sometimes you've got old product. When I say old product, I don't mean like sitting on shelves, but you've had the same logos for, you know, five, 10 years. It's time to, you know, turn it up a little bit before the market passes you by. I can appreciate that. Um, I think that some people, some brewers or breweries will do it to try to um, create a, let's say a pop, if you will, in business, either they need to move product or something like that. Um, I've seen that happen before. Um, so, and, and that kind of makes sense to me. Generally speaking, um, I've gotten, this is my second to last point. Um, generally speaking, I think that I don't really care what your logo looks like. Um, as long as you're making good beer. If you're making good beer, it doesn't really matter what's on the can, as long as it's not a complete turnoff, right? Um, and, and I guess kind of related to it, something that I've, been, that I've actually been thinking of for about the last three or four weeks since I noticed it is that Weldworks has continued to kind of tweak their logo. And, you know, they're, they're going to have their third anniversary here in, looks like, about 32 days or something like that, um, you know, late, later in March. And they've tweaked their logo, they've tweaked the fonts, they've tweaked, you know, Juicy Bits has went through, has only been in cans for a handful of months, and it's already on its second different, like, can, an entirely different can logo. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what spurred that. It doesn't matter to me, because Juicy Bits is Juicy Bits is Juicy Bits, and I'll drink the hell out of it. But I, I do have to sit back and look at it and be like, what the, why spend the money on this? What what provoked this change for a brewery that's making a phenomenal product that's that's, you know, less than, well, they've only been canning it for a handful of months, but a product that's been around for, you know, two to three years. I don't get it. Okay. Yeah, so I, I have been to, to Highland, and, uh, you know, that, that logo that they just left, the, the Scotsman with the mountains in the background and all that, it is 100% 90s cheese, but that's them, 
right? I mean, they they were founded in '94. That's a long time to be around. That's eons in, in craft brewing. Um, so, I I don't know that a refresh necessarily is going to help them, especially with the refresh that they went with, because it looks very generic. Um, it looks like a copy and paste job. Um, I don't know. I, I would prefer cheesy and original to um, really just bland and, and pointless, but that's just me. Uh, Joey, I'll let you take this next point, too, because you sort of just uh, referenced it, but like, and you know this from being on the very business side of things, too, but like, what what are you looking at as far as like when you spend this money to rebrand and for a company of their size, I think they distribute to like eight or nine states. Um, what are you looking at in terms of like money and, and and the return on investment and like how long are you looking at to possibly recoup a cost? And I obviously don't know all the numbers that you said that you hadn't heard the story, but you know what are you looking at to, in just in generic numbers to to like recoup a a rebrand of this size. Now, I, I don't know how, I don't know their distribution footprint, to be honest with you, to the eight or nine states, but I don't know what that equates to and, and you know, packaging. Um, like I said, I mean, it, it makes sense if you're trying to revitalize a, a dying, um, you know, beer label, but it's, it's all, I mean, at the end of the day, it's marketing costs. I mean, my local brewery, we just went through an entire, um, I'm going to call it a rebrand, you know, entirely new labels. But that said, we have zero distribution outside of crowlers that go to one local, you know, crowler seller. Um, so, it, you know, we, we're running out of labels, uh, the original labels. So we decided to go through the exercise of creating unique labels for each of our crowlers, which will eventually go to cans and bottles and so on and so forth. Um, because one, we are running out and we needed to order them too, because, you know, it's been the same label for pretty much two years. So it's not it's not a huge expense except for the IP part of it. Um, if you're paying someone to design a label, sometimes they're going to not just want a flat fee to come up with a drawing, but they might want a a you know they might want a you know a penny a can or or a penny a package or something like that to you know to for essentially royalties, um, okay. which is it, so it, it, I don't think it's necessarily expensive. But if you're doing it for the sake of just doing it and you're not seeing any return on it, um, then it's, it's just it's just an expense at that point. You're dipping into your, you know, your margins. Right. Is there a way to know, like, what your returns are? Like, are you looking at bumping sales immediately? Are you looking at year-over-year numbers at that point? It depends on your intent. Um, it, it, I mean, it depends on the reason why you're going through a rebrand. Um, so if you're looking to, to, to revitalize you know, uh, a beer that you've been making for, for 15 years, um, you know, th- those sales numbers are pretty easy to track. You can easily figure out what your cost was, you know, for per label and, and what your cost is for any IP that you have in it. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I know, you know, a lot of, a lot of these guys got sophisticated systems where they can track every, you know, down to an ounce, what their, their cost is for a certain beer. You know, it's, I and mean, I'm sure you've seen it, Chris, it's, you can track not only the, the ingredients in, in the beer, but your your packaging will be your bottle, can, your your label. If you've got wax, your cap, that type of thing, you can track it down to the ounce as an average. Um, so it'd be pretty yeah. easy to figure out if you, if you're if you're seeing a, a blip in sales, whether it be good or bad. Right. Okay. Uh, Chad, you got anything to add to this? Um, you have any thoughts on it? I know we kept going. I kind of went back and forth there for a minute. So yeah. What, what are you? No. Your 
Toppling Goliath, they've they're going through a rebranding. Um, they've been. I know you guys have probably seen. You know their their uh, logos have been changing, and and they really they really changed from their drastic, which was good. They did the field they did the field museum logo. They added that first, and that was technically kind of a rebrand. And then they went ahead and changed every one of the logos. But they're also you know we're in the midst of a brewery upgrade and 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 build as well as they are starting to pump out cans now instead of just bombers, which is good. So I, I can see where they're coming from. You know, they're, they are kind of rebranding themselves. They built a huge brewery, which some of us will be seeing uh, later in March. And, uh, you know, they're doing, they're doing some newer things, you know, with the canning line and the newer beers. So, but again, their community, you know, the craft beer community, you know, especially the TG fans, you know, hated it i mean there it, it was 50 50 for every hater there's always somebody that loves it so i mean it, it blew up here in iowa where people were just like what were they thinking but you know it didn't hurt them i don't think that you know it got their name back out there on social media and back out there in the public which it never went away but you know clark really is you know a guy that you know finds ways to keep his his brewery relevant and you know, it, he did. It, it got the job. It, it, it's like into a commercial. You know, some places do commercials that are just so terrible, but they do it on purpose so that people will talk about them and get their name out there. And it's it's perfect marketing. Gotcha. Uh, just while you guys were uh, talking there, I, I grabbed some numbers for Highland. Um, they opened up in '94 with 6,500 uh, barrel capacity. It doesn't say what they did initially. They're now in a new building that has a 50,000 capacity and they clocked in at 46,000 barrels uh, in 2016. So they're almost at capacity of the new place. Um, they're South Carolina's, uh, sorry, North Carolina's largest brewery. Their third largest uh, brewery for uh, this, this utilizing solar array. So that's kind of cool too. Um, yeah. So it doesn't sound like their numbers were hurting. I mean, unless they've just like over leveraged themselves or something like that. Um, it sounds like they're super successful. So this might, this might just seem like making a move for move's sake. Uh, but what but, do I know? But Chris, I mean, it also could just be, you know, maybe the reason why they're, they've, they've grown um, is because and maybe they're only selling beer to a certain demographic and maybe with, with being an older name and a younger, you know, brewing a, a younger uh, craft beer drinker, a more hip, if you will, beer drinker, Maybe they needed something to kind of say, hey, you know, we're on the shelves too, or hey, you can get us at your local watering hole as well. Um, you know, if, if it's been 15 years since they've come out and they're still selling some of those original beers from 15 years ago, your new craft beer drinker it was, was six years old at the time. So, Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes, makes total sense. I, I understand it. I just don't know that, you know, from my perspective, I don't, I don't know that hiring a marketing team or design team or whatever to to rebrand just because you want to make some new beers. I mean, I, I say keep the logo cheesy, embrace it, and keep making the new beers at the same time. I mean, hipsters love old crap. They adopt it as their own. So, True story. Uh, <laughs> anyways, talking about logos, uh, we have a contest out that we've posted multiple times uh, in the group. Uh, we would like a new logo for our podcast. And, Chad, how many emails do we have? Zero. Zero. Where are you, slackers? 
Joey, what are we going to send them? Yeah, what are we going to send them? Free beer. I don't know. I mean, get on People it, People don't guys. like beer anymore. People don't like beer. We need to do drama-free soda lovers because that's what these people are. <laughs> drama-free <laughs> soda lovers. Water As drinking, drinking. Soda. Yeah. As I'm drinking a soda, too, that's funny. Oh, sh- yeah, you're not helpful. <laughs> Seriously, people, <laughs> we are offering to send you a lot of beer. If you just help us out with a logo, uh, a catchphrase, you know, Act like you care. This is episode 20, dang it. We're almost halfway into a year of this stuff. Give us some feedback. Um, All right. Saying that, now that we're calling out the members and making fun of them. Joey, we have new ones? We have two. We have two this week, and that's not because of a lack of interest. Um, I know that I spent most of my time in the the admin chat this week rather than fiddling around within the group, which is, um, yeah, that's my bad, I guess. But, um, we're uh, with the number of bits that are going on and the number of bits that's been brought to our attention that people want to run here as we begin to wrap up the weight loss challenge. Um, we're kind of holding off on, on adding some people. So uh, only two this week, um, Chad actually added one, which is Andy Altmeyer. And uh, the other one we got is, uh, I'm going to say his last name is Peter Toper. So, yeah. Just I've two. seen both names too, actually. I, mean, I know Andy's my friend, but the both have actually been active. I've I've seen them both interact already in the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, couple killers. Yeah. I, you gotta love it when someone gets added and immediately starts doing good things. I know that um, I added a guy a couple weeks ago, Logan Cochran. Um, immediately after that, Black Project had another lottery for uh, for Cygnus, and yep. I don't know how many people he ended up proxying for, but I think it was upwards of ten. So. Uh, immediately jumped on that Denver train to help Joey out and make sure that Joey didn't um, spend too much gas money. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> this sigh. Um, all right. So I think actually, all right. So Wakefest was this week. Um, I have my opinions about about these sort of stouts and, and the hype that gets gets going with them. So I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to it. I offhandedly saw some of the quote unquote secondary stuff that was going around, but um, Chad, this was your suggestion, I think. So I'm going to let you take this uh, to start off with uh, and just kind of run with it. Yeah. I mean, I really, uh, one of the, one of our members wanted to talk about it. And if you're listening, um, you know, go ahead and call in, um, I'll throw the number out there real quick, 646-200-4505. But one of our – I know we had a couple members there, actually, and it it looked like they were having fun from the pictures they were sharing. Um, I have some friends back from the Quad Cities that um, they go every year, and, you know, they keep spending that money, so it's got to be good. I looked at the the tap list, and it didn't look like it was, you know, any slouch from a beer fest, you know, point of view, and they did a lot of giveaways and a lot of – you know, a lot of raffles for charity that uh, gave away beer. Um, I've never been to Wakefest. That's definitely one on my radar. Um, um, but, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, somebody, you know, has experience with it. I mean, I heard good things other than the bottles that are coming out of it. Um, you know, the, the secondary definitely shot up. There's two bottles going for $1,000 and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know. 
we could get in the secondary on that all day. It seems like every big uh, beer fest gets the secondary um, right away, even while they're at the fest. Yeah. It's like these bottles, before they even dropped, were being ISO'd for, like, I saw one trade for this season set. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I, I don't... Yes, I'll do that. I'll do that trade all day long. Here, have this adjuncted weird forty-five flavor stout for four lambics. Uh, Joey, do you know much about White Fest? Um, I don't know a ton about it outside of it is it is absolutely crazy. Um, what kind of like the secondary values, I suppose. Um, I, I've always heard great things. I've heard it's, it's typically been run very, very well. And if I recall correctly, um, and, and I think Chad might be able to correct me, is it, I believe it's part of or kicks off Tampa Bay Beer Week. Um, so I think that this upcoming weekend there will be the cycle and the Angry Chair releases. And I think that the that the, the couple of the meteries down there have got a lot of stuff going on as well. Um, but no, I, I, I've not been there. I've heard great things. Um, most of my friends that I don't know anyone personally who's attended. Most of the people that uh, that I drink with or, or trade with, um, uh, I, I just probably not may not be proud to say. Most of them would rather do the the trade or the or the purchase through secondary and not deal with the flight and and quite frankly the ass hattery of Florida. Of Florida so. All right then, uh, Chad, <laughs> yeah, you have a caller. Got- yeah, we got Billy Bush, um, who I believe I, I believe he was the one that uh, commented on on our uh, call for content about this, and and he was there, Billy. Yeah, I was there. I, yeah, I'll agree with pretty much everything you guys had said so far. Um, as far as festivals have gone, you know, I've I've attended some smaller ones in the New York area. I go to the Brooklyn Beer Fest, you know, pretty much every year, but nothing like one of those, these majors, um, I'll say as an event was run, it was awesome. I had a, a fantastic time. The amount of beers that were there, the amount of really good beers that were there was awesome, um, but super turned off by the secondary. Um, even as soon as like people were picking up bottles on Thursday and Friday that day, you could see them. The markup was there, and um, you know it's it's kind of off-putting for somebody who is traveling all the way down there to get their bottles. Yeah. Uh, Billy, where are you from? I don't think I'm... Uh, I'm Jersey City, New Jersey. So okay. New York City is like, you know, my backyard. Gotcha. Okay. I, I knew a lot of people. I mean, I know Tony Curtis traveled down there as well. Um, I just didn't know where you had traveled from. Yeah, um, you know, fortunately for me, I have high school buddies living down there, so cost-wise for me, uh, made sense. Um, and you know, I made a long weekend out of it, and we shared a ton of beers, so it was it was it was a win-win. Gotcha. Were there better beers at the shares than there were at the festival? Was that was that the highlight for you, or was the festival itself highlight? Um, you know what? I'll be one of the, the guys that says uh, something that's probably not that popular, but the sours actually were better than the stouts that I had there, to be honest. Um, and I, I know, like, all the Jay Wakefield stouts are, like, going crazy these days. But, um, listen, there was a ton of breweries out there with with sours. Um, 
and maybe it was just a turnoff because it was like 85 and sunny and who wants to drink 14 percenters in the you know sun all day right. but um but I'll, I'll i'll be honest the the beers at the at the um at the festival were 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 top notch Cool, man. And what are, what are you drinking right now? Uh, let's see. I'm drinking Hudson Valley Incandenza. I don't know if you guys had any Hudson Valley lately, but they've been smashing it. I've not, but I have heard that actual. Yeah. I've had some good Hudson Valley. I, it, it's been decent, everything I've gotten from them. I can't remember what I had, but I, I do remember the name. Um, I got a couple of their logos on my fridge, actually. Nice. There you go. They have um, a sour IPA okay. style down pretty well. Okay. Um, since you were just there, I'm going to actually take you into our next topic. And guys, uh, apologize, but I'm going to skip to number eight, which is uh, Andrew Hill's question. So why is it, do you think, especially having just been there, Billy, and living in a place that you know has its own little bit of a hype train, why do you think that Florida gets hated on more than most other hype train regions or areas. I mean, do you have an opinion um, on having just been there? You know what? I'll kind of give it a little similarity to other half and and kind of the way that their hype train blew up in maybe the, the last year, year and a half. Just because I've, I've frequented other half pretty much every weekend for the last year and a half. And, um, you know... I'm not sure why Florida will get shit on, but I mean, I guess it's a good thing that everybody wants these, these beers. I mean, I guess, um, for that brief moment, they're the like talk of the town and everybody's like focused on what they're putting out and what's coming out of there. So, you know, I'm not so sure why it gets so bad for, for Jay Wake bottles and, and for Florida, but you know, I kind of have a little similarity with, with other half and what they went through last year. Okay. Like, so my thought on that is, and then I'm going to throw it to Joey, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of the hype of Florida only because those aren't beers I'm super interested in. Uh, the pastry stout's just, you know, if one falls into my lap, I'll drink it, but it's not uh, something I'm ever really seeking out. <clears throat> that said, I think it's a lot of just people being jealous. Uh, I think people want those beers. They can't get those beers. They're either above their price range on the secondary market or they can't make it out to the event or they have actual lives. Um, so I think that they, you know, they get the backlash. They, you know, Florida gets that backlash of people being uh, a little bit butthurt and jealous. Um, so, like, as you just said, um, you know, they're, they're making good beer, clearly. It, it's, it's in demand. So, um, you know, other other regions are just as crappy uh, about their hype. Chicago's pretty bad at times, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and let Joey uh, Joey jump in on this now. Let me entertain you. Um, yeah. The uh, I don't think it has anything to do. I don't. I think the Florida hate has nothing to do with the beer. Um, I think that the 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 secondary valuation is just another reason why a lot of people have always had this detestation for Florida. I can remember um, the early, early stages of the internet um, and message forums and things like that. And there was always a certain level of, of hate for Florida. And I use the term hate extraordinarily loosely. It was always, 
you know, there's always really anytime you'd go to the news and you'd hear a crazy story, like to just to think back to when bath salts were a thing, that was, all that stuff got a lot of publicity because it was Florida and people were just saying, you know, people in Florida are crazy, people in Florida are weird, people in Florida are doing everything they can to make the news, that type of thing. So I think, so I think it's just a new or the new thing, at least within our beer world, perhaps, just a new thing to kind of hate on Florida. And I think also a lot of people look at it that, you know, they've got nice weather and <laughs> I don't know. I guess <laughs> apparently now they've, they've, they've got nice weather and they've got apparently really good beers now, or at least that's what the, the secondary will, will tell us. I think I think also just the, the limits. Um, you know, I think yeah. that um, I think Wakefield does a very good job of, of, of pumping you know, pumping the hype. They do a phenomenal job of, sure. you know, you know, we'll, we'll call it bake, right? Bake does 190 bottles or something, and other ones are only 300 bottles. And, and you know, they do a good job of, you know, only releasing, you know, raffling off only some of the bottles and things like that. I mean, they do a very good job of, of marketing, if you will, or, or creating PR around their beers. So. I think they're. Yeah. I think they're earning it. Whether or not you like the beers, whether or not you like their sours or pastry styles, what have you, they're doing a very, very good job of, of running it as a business. Yeah. No, uh, I think that that's a good point. Um, and ultimately, uh, you have to step back every once in a while and take a, a long view and realize that it is a business, um, and we are the consumers. We're not the decision makers, uh, even though our our buying power will influence those decision makers' decisions. Chad, you uh, you have any thoughts on this? Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I, for me, it's it, think. Look at the breweries that have the, the hype train. Um, you know, TG has a hype train still. I mean, it, it, you know, uh, Well Works has a hype train. Uh, there's there's a lot of really good breweries that have the hype train and deservedly so. And then, as to Joey's point, there's a lot of breweries that are still good, but people can't get it. You know, people always want what they can't have. So that, that creates the hype train. And, you know, I, I got to admit when I first uh, started, you know, chasing beer, you know, I chased after the hype, but that got old after a while, especially after getting burnt a few times when I realized, you know, when I got beers that were really hyped up and it just sucked. And, you know, for me now it's, you know, recognizance and, and recognizing, okay, this brewery maybe deserves the hype. I want it. Um, you know, microphone for me is definitely one of those on the hype train for, that I'm on the hype train with. Um, but I've been in the brewery many times and I've not been really too disappointed with any of their beers. Um, they put out some really good stuff, but they put out some mediocre stuff, but I'm still going to, you know, to be in search of everything they do. Um, Barntown here, I live in the same city as them, and I'm in search of their stuff all the time. Um, my wallet hates me for that, but, you know, it, it, it's, it is what it is. You know, it, it, it's just we have to be smart about it and not follow that hype train and, and you know, take it from, you know, member pe- people that we're friends with, you know, like you guys. If I hear you like a beer, I know your styles and I know your taste, and you're not going to like a crappy beer. So if you guys like it, then I definitely want to try it. Right. Right. Um, all right, Billy, you have a, we're going to move on to the next topic. Do you want to stick around or do you want to, do you have other things you need to do? 
No, 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 no. I'll be I'll be listening. Uh I got some I got some work I'll be doing, but um, you know, I'll be I'll be listening and uh and, and taking some notes though. So, you know, thanks right guys on, for bringing up the the Wake Fest. Uh to to be honest, it was a great time. I'd love to coordinate like a big group going down next year. I've already got a bunch of people interested in going, so you know, nice. put it on your radar for next year. We'll get an Airbnb on the beach, it'll be fantastic. Right on, man. Well, hey, thank you for Sign calling in. Thank you for taking the time uh, to call in and, and for being a little listener. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Keep it up, guys. All right. Cheers, man. Cheers. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, was, that was nice. It was quick, succinct. I uh, covered a good topic. Um, I'm going to, since we we're talking about ratings and, and sort of hype and whatnot, I'm going to jump right into number four here. Um, the uh, The Prairie Dog. Uh, situation. Uh, so for anybody that's not in the know, just a real quick rundown. Prairie uh, offered their members uh, the opportunity to buy a barrel and choose adjuncts um, for $3,600. So what happened was most of those people split that off into 36 or 18 or whatever have you, uh, and beers were made, and those beers are now um, moving at a, at a kind of high price point as well, somewhere in the $50 to $60 range. Um, so uh, my question is, do you think with such a limited amount and so spread out and people all trying to get like every single one they can, do you think these ratings are going to be skewed um, because there's not a, a large amount of people trying them, so we're not getting a true uh, like a true rating value, not a money value, but a rating value. Joey, this is probably up your alley, uh, numbers wise. You know, I, I I have to imagine that in the early stages, these beers making into the the Prairie Dog and any um, contributors or, or you know, part takers, if you will, part takers uh, into their hands, there's probably a certain inflation to the values of the beer. But as we start to see them get traded more and more and more, I think that those those ratings are gonna uh, probably normalize. Um, that said, some of the trades that I've seen um, have been interesting. Um, I'm in a uh, a Denver-based beer trading group. There's about 500 members, and and there was a uh, they were able to get in on, on a Prairie Dog beer, and they created one that was essentially like a campfire style, you know, marshmallows and and vanilla and so on and so forth. Um, and the I, over the course of the last, I will say maybe week and a half, since they started to kind of make their way into these members' hands, I, I, I the trading going on between them has been absolutely amusing because it's, they're essentially trading to obtain more and more of that specific beer. So some guys that would have gotten, let's say, 12 bottles are trading to try to, you know, to get <clears throat> to have more than 12. I've seen, um, I've seen them go um, one for two, so one of their specific beer for two, let's say two Oaky Paradise or two Apple Brandy Barrel Noir. Um, I've seen four, four of them go for an A&T, an, Ar- an Armand and Tommy. Um, I, I, some of the trades have just been, from where I from where I said, absolutely comical, and not only because of of the valuation of it just because it's kind of, you know, incestual, like they're doing it inside of their own group. It's, it's extraordinarily amusing to me. Right. Uh, Chad, what are your thoughts? Are you trying to track any of these down? Have you had any issue? 
Um, I still have yet to receive. Um, uh, I dropped the ball and forgot to send Rick a label. A Rick McCarty, me and him split an allotment of ours, and uh, so I just sent the label over today. You can get it out in the mail. So I still have yet to try ours. Um, I do have. I do know that in Iowa, in my area, just in Des Moines, we have probably I'd say ten people that have all di- the different you know, different variants of the beer that they all went in on separate barrels. So um, I'm excited to get mine and try it. Um, They want to trade with me. There is definitely a, uh, a hype factor. I've, I've seen to Joey's point, I've seen um, one, you know, I think the the stay puffed or the stuffed one, the marshmallow one, it went for two bourbon paradises from Prairie. Um, You know, I I have seen a similar ratios that, that Joey spoke of, um, you know, Prairie puts out good beer, so I don't know how inflated it is. I, of course, would not go, you know, two beers, two big beers for one beer. You know, I, I, I like to do the one for one, but, you know, I think our plan here is is we're just going to, everybody's going to get together and we're going to each crack our own variant and, uh, you know, everybody gets to try each one and, and, you know, that way we stay away from the secondary and the trading and all the BS that comes with that, so... I'm excited to try it. I can't really speak to, you know, inflated value yet. I still haven't tried it, but, um, yeah, I can see the hype being there. Not everybody got a chance to get into this. You know, even people that were posting in groups, it was shut down so fast, you know, or closed down so fast that, you know, no people didn't get in. So, definitely, this is another case of the hype train coming to call, and people want what they can't have. Yeah, I mean, so I was also in in an – the group that you're referring to. Um, I got my allo- my allotment from Jeremy. Thanks again, Jeremy, for uh, gathering those up and shipping those out to everybody in a really, really timely fashion. That was super awesome of you. Um, so I got mine. I did a chug video with it straight off the porch. Um, and then I have sent one to Josh Buck in a biff. I sent one to Justin Hudgens because he asked for one. And I'm sending one to Andrew Hill and trade for one of his. And then um, I sent one to a Denver area guy who offered me a black project, uh, Stargate Peach, which I already had, but I wanted to have two of them. Why not? Um, plus a s'mores acromatic. Damn. Yeah. So he sent me, he that was his straight up offer, those two for one of my prairies. So I said yes. I didn't. I wasn't asking him for, you know, I wasn't going to go back and forth on that, you know, secondary thing. I was just going to say, hey, what sours do you have, or what, you know, non-coconut stouts, or send me some well worked juicy bits, whatever. And uh, he threw those two out, and I was like, yep. So, uh, anyways, they're definitely moving at a pretty high rate. Now, granted, coconut being the um, soup of the day, the soup du jour, um, you know, it, it's hot and people want it, and it's not my thing, obviously, so I'm, I'm happy to trade mine for for other things and use them as trade bait, um, but I'm also happy to just biff them and chug them and send them to people who ask for them, so um, I don't know. My, my concern with the ratings on them is that everybody is trying to drive up the value of their last two or three bottles. Right, so they're gonna all be rating them four, five, four, seven, five, fives, whatever, and they're gonna end up arguing about which variant is better, so on and so forth. 
And what's funny to me is the actual yield that came out of some of those barrels. We all got essentially 11 bottles, 10 to 11 bottles, but some people only got like seven bottles each. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting. Does that make it more rare or does that just make it less amount? Right. I mean, there's a difference just because there's not as much of it doesn't mean it's good. Absolutely. I have to, I have to imagine that, I mean, in spite of yields, I mean, another thing that plays a factor into some of the, the, the valuation um, is, and I remember looking through the list. I mean, there was, there was a couple um, combinations, if you will, of, of adjuncts where there were eight, 10, 12 different groups or, or prairie dogs, if you will, that kind of essentially got all the same thing. So I think that, that something like, you know, the, like the beer that we did, um, you know, hashtag not my beer. Um, we were the only one who, who had that specific, you know, flavor profile or, or use of, of those ingredients. So I have to imagine that has to create at least some form of, of difference, if you will, in valuation compared to some of those where even if there was only seven bottles per person yields, you had 10 different barrels with the exact same ingredients. Yeah. All right. Uh, from there, since we're talking about trades and values, um, let's go into, and I, I forget, uh, I apologize who, um, who brought this up, but uh, it was a very specific question. Uh, best beer handoff. Not a trade, but best beer that somebody just gave you in person um, on a on a random meetup or a bottle share, and someone dropped one off. Um, Chad, what was the best beer you've ever just been given face to face? Like given for myself, or he just called it, you know, and said, "Yeah, just give it to you. Someone walked up and gave you a beer." Um, DFPF at Pulpit Rock last year for um, Richancho literally just walked up, handed it to me because I was sharing, I had shared a whole bunch of beers with him and his friends. And it was, it, he was getting ready to go inside they were, they were getting ready to open. And he just handed me a DFPF. Nice. Um, best beer I've had that a friend's just out of the blue. Um, we could break this down to two. If, if you'll indulge me was KBBS <laughs> the last batch. Uh, my friend, the day after Assassin Day KBBS release last year, calls me up, and this is a guy that I share with all the time, um, you know, at my house in Davenport. And uh, he called me up and said, "Hey, what are you doing?" It was Sunday, you know. I, I'm recovering from a Friday Saturday night drink, you know, drink fest at these, you know, you 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 both have been to TG for releases, you know how they are. Uh, and uh, uh-huh. he calls me Sunday night, and says, "What are you doing?" <clears throat> said, "I'm laying on the couch." He said, "Go warm up the garage." didn't tell me why. So I was like, all right, fine. You know, I can indulge him for a couple hours. He comes over and he has a KBBS. He said he wanted to drink it fresh and he couldn't think of anybody else to drink it with better than, you know, me. So he just shows up with the KBBS and we, you know, I popped a few wells as well because you can't really just let somebody come to your house and bring the best beer you've ever had or the number one rated beer in the world to your house without you breaking out something. Fun night. High life. High life. So what it's all about, though, at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Joey, what about you, man? Anything just handed to you or and or shared with you? I know I we've done line shares and and bottle shares and things like that, and and I always view it as is 
the best beer is a free beer, right? Anytime someone hands you anything, something that you haven't had or something that you may never have, um, you know, it's always it's always the best beer as far as I go. Um, so sorry to make a such a uh, very odd or 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 indifferent response. Um, but I, but I will say, you know, I mean, there's there's I have a one of my buddies that's, that's you know at, at all the bottle shares we do here in Denver. Um, you know, when when CBS was coming out, you know, we didn't get distribution of any of that stuff here in Denver. The swing's like we don't get really anything from the Midwest here in Denver. Um, and you know, he had asked me, he's like, hey, I know you, I know you know people, and you're from you know back back that direction. Can you find me a bottle of the you know the the you know new batch of CBS? I said, yeah, it won't be a problem. So I found it, you know, I had it probably four or five days after he asked for it. I brought it over, brought it to one of the shares, handed it over to him, and didn't think much about it, didn't ask for anything in return, just, you know, whatever, hooked him up. And uh, this last Monday, um, we were at the, the share, and I show up, and there's, he's got this bag full of full of beers. He goes, here, this is for that CBS. And it was, you know, um, five different um, uh, New England IPAs from Night Shift, um, you know, all recent releases things that he didn't particularly care for, but he knew that um, I kind of enjoy my, my New England IPA every now and again. So, you know, found, you know, five different um, different releases, recent releases from Night Shift, and voila. So, as far as I'm concerned, that's a fantastic beer handoff. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, for me, uh, when I was living in England, uh, I obviously didn't take, and at this point, this is 10 years ago almost now when we moved there, but uh, I well, eight, nine years ago. Um, I didn't obviously take my cellar over there with me, and I didn't have a huge cellar at that point at any rate. Um, so I get over there, and I'm drinking tons of, like, real ale and cast ale, and my uh, pub landlord finds out that I'm a big Lambic guy, <clears throat> and uh, he takes me to this place, like, he's, like two hours away. He's like, hey, help me uh, help me grab some, some bottles for the, for the pub. Just come with me. It's a road trip for the day. Like, yeah, sure, no problem. We go up there. He buys a whole bunch of stuff. He wanders off for a while. We come back together. We get in the truck. We get back to the pub. He's like, oh, by the way, uh, that landlord at the shop was holding something for me, and I got it for you. And he handed me my first uh, Canteon that I'd ever owned. I'd had Canteon before at this point, but I never owned one. I never had one. And he handed me um, uh, a Rose de Gambrinus, which, you know, it's a, it's a freaking fantastic beer. So he, he this is you know, whatever, nine years ago. And it was a four-year-old at that point. So uh, basically now it would be like a 2005, 2006 RDG 750. And I was just over the moon. So that's probably the best straight-up handoff I've had, uh, you know, in person, randomly, for no reason. And just because I offered to go on the road trip with him to help him grab beer and lift boxes. All right, we got a we got a couple minutes left, and this uh, this might be the most homework involved question, but um, two guys mentioned it uh, separately. Uh, collab beers, I'm a big fan of them. I, I think a lot of people are, but they can go super super wrong. Um, so really quickly, I'm, I'm going to touch off the, the kind of things I want you guys to hit on, and in a couple minutes, if you could hit like styles you really prefer them to do. Uh, whether like a classic style, traditional style, or something new, uh, if you have some dream breweries to do it, 
and then maybe like the best or worst collab you've had in recent memory. Uh, and Joey, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you start this. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I, I too love the idea of collaborations. I think it's always it's always interesting if you've had you know quite a few beers from each of the respective breweries that are collaborating. To, if you can pick out you know kind of how they left their mark, whether it be um, you know, a specific coffee like use or just a hot bill from one beer with the, you know, essentially, you know, the, the base of another beer um, from the other brewery. It's, it's always interesting to see how, how these guys go, you know, go about their collaborations. Um, you know, I, I think that most of the ones that we see anymore are, are either stouts or IPAs. Um, every once in a while, I think I probably see a collaboration that involves like a, a nice little sour. But it'd be kind of cool to see these guys just do something that's that's not in their wheelhouse. It would be awesome to see Worldworks and Cerebral. Maybe they collaborate. They do an ESB, like something you would never expect from them. Um, I think that would be that'd be really cool just to see them do something completely out of you know, you know, a left field, I guess, if you would. Um, in terms of these like breweries that I would like to see collaborate. Um, I don't know if there's any, if there's anyone that I can think of, um, it would, it would be nice to see someone who's, I don't know, like, um, I guess that is tough. It's very, very tough. I think, I think what I would like to see, and it's not even specific breweries, it would be, and I, we get this in Colorado because we have, um, here, actually here in March, we have this thing called Collab Fest, um, where essentially as, as a brewery, you technically get two entries, you get essentially a collaboration with someone in state and you can collaborate with someone out of state. It would be nice to see some of these bigger breweries collaborate with like a new or up and coming or, or just really, really small brewery um, here in Denver. It'd be kind of cool to see the, the big guys pick up the small guys. Yeah. Any good or bad ones you've had recently? Oh, I haven't had a ton of beer. I haven't had a, Definitely haven't had a ton of beer in the last six weeks, unfortunately. Um, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm not gonna. Say, I'm gonna say no. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't really come across a ton of bad beers unless they've been mistreated or 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 something like that. So I'm not. I'm not gonna say bad. There's. But there's always. You're always gonna be. There's probably times where you're looking forward to a collaboration and you try it. and You're like, oh, okay, well that's underwhelming. It's not a bad beer. I'll drink it, but it might not be as. It may not be that you know the um, it might not be better than some of the parts type of thing. Sure. All right, Chad, take it away. Yeah, so um, I'm excited about a collab that's actually uh, happening right now. Um, Barn Towns collaborating or collaborating with Una Anne out of Chicago. Um, you guys saw my post. Mm-hmm. I went. They had, did a tap takeover last. Uh, last night and today they they just came to Des Moines and bottles went on sale this morning. Um, Barntown, Una Anne brought in some, um, some cultures and they are brewing a beer and it's sitting in wine barrels right now. And, um, I'm very, very excited to see what they do. Um, Barntown's not necessarily known for their sours. Um, you know, they've done a couple, but they're not, you know, they're not well known for that. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Nice. Um, any, uh... Any good or bad ones in recent memory? Not ones you're excited for, but anyone, anyone that you've had recently that you're kind of stuck in your mind? Uh, 
No, I, I can't recall. I mean, I'm sure I've I've had. I mean, I I don't turn down beers, bad, good. I mean, you know. Um, but I, I can't. Nothing comes to my mind that it was a bad, you know, collab. I mean, mm-hmm. not really. I, I I don't have an answer to that question. Okay. Um. All right. So so for me, uh, Joey kind of mentioned that you like seeing larger breweries pick up the small guys and. By no means is Mother's super large, but Mother's just did a recent collaboration with a small brewery from Little Rock called Rebel Kettle. Um, it was a super, super weird beer. It took me three sips to even know if I liked it, and then I bought about a case of it. Um, <laughs> it, it was super strange. It was a kettle-soured IPA with pawpaws. Oh. So, yeah. He said that super, one to me. I did. You did? Did you drink it yet? Or no? What's that? You drank it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I drank it. I think I think it when it arrived it was about thirty or thirty five degrees that day. So I think it sat until I got home, picked it mm. up and figured hell it was cold enough, so I went ahead and cracked it after after a couple after a little bit and it was yeah, I, I agree with you. It had you had to take it, it took a little while to kind of figure out what was the going on. Three yeah, and, and I don't even. I mean, it might have been more than three. I don't know sips, but I mean, it took me. It took a minute. I got through it. I got I got through parts of it, and I was like, okay, this is really, really good. Yeah, I I really liked that one. At first, I was like, oh, this is not. This is not right. Then I was like, this is interesting. And then I was like, hmm, this is actually pretty good. Um. I, I just really liked it. I don't know that any IPA was the best description to put on the label. I think going with a dry hopped kettle soured pop off beer would have been better. But whatever. I mean, what's in a name? Uh, anyhow, um, that was the one that recently stuck out in my mind. Um, as far as styles, I like seeing uh, two breweries who you wouldn't imagine getting together, getting together, and doing stuff just because the brewers may have happened to run into each other at a beer festival and agreed to it drunkenly. That's always kind of fun. Um, yeah. Even if the even if the beer isn't a success, it's uh, kind of fun. I, I don't like seeing these really off-the-wall things like French fries and burgers and whatever in the mashed ton. And like, <laughs> okay, we, we get it. It's all going to filter out and none of it matters. You could throw, you could throw a Volkswagen into a mashed ton. It won't matter. But... Um, I think I could just I think I just gave Yepe a, a, an idea. By the way, Yepe, I know you're listening. Um, anyhow, so those are mine. Uh, we've got about a minute or so here, um, and I think this show went pretty well. Show number twenty. Put it in the books. Um, Chad, uh, I'm gonna get to you in just a second. Joey, I'm gonna let you say the last words. So uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening again. Uh, I, w- I want to encourage you to uh, subscribe and to possibly try your hand at our new logo uh, because we will send free beer. Uh, Chad? Yeah, I, um, I, I real quick, um, I, I figured out, I, I remember now what collab it was that uh, really – that uh, I really absolutely hated. Back when the Blackhawks played uh, in the Stanley Cup, and I think it was the Florida Lightning, um, the the three Floyds in Scar City 
made a bet about the winner um, has or the winner and the loser do a collab with each other, and they release it in the market, and they get to name it and all that. Um, and that that was the beer. That was the collab beer that was absolutely terrible. It was called three. It was three points Cigar City. Florida man loses bet. Um, I had a friend. It was American Baltic Porter, and I had a friend that I, I'd been, I'm a huge Blackhawks fan, so I had a friend that checked, tracked down a bottle for me, and I went over to his house and drank it, and he ended up giving me the bottle for the label. But uh, I can tell you that is probably that, that not only the worst collab beer I've ever had, it's probably the worst beer I've ever had. All right. So, but uh, you know, uh, going back to uh, the ending here. Um, thank you for listening. As as we mentioned many times on the show, um, design our logo, get free beer, get uh, all the fame and fortune of being uh, highlighted on, on our Dama Free Beer Radio Facebook page. Um, you know, get your artwork out there. Um, you know, we're not paying you money; we're paying you in good beer. Um, so, um, you know, check us out. Yep, and our love and affection, our eternal gratitude. So check it out. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, you know, until next week. Joey. Joey. I wasn't sure. If, I wasn't sure if Chad was going to the uh, the sign off there. Um, no, I all I got all I got to say is um, shout out to the uh, the Lapointes and the Beckwiths for leading the couples. Um, WLC for David Moore's crushing and he's down 40 pounds after, uh, after about yes. five weeks. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's going to probably be down another five or so this week. So hopefully he'll put up another, another five spot on, on all the singles, um, tomorrow morning. Shout out to all those people. Keep up the good work. Uh, stay strong. I know it's, I know it's hard. Um, and outside of that, be well. All right, drama free. You know what to do. Keep it drama-free and uh, keep sending that beer. See you guys later. Welcome to the Drama-Free Podcast. Save the drama for your mama.